Great. Hopefully there's sound coming through this time. We have no idea what happened. But anyway, if you can hear me, welcome to episode five of five of our More and Stronger in ISO podcast. Something that we put together to help encourage the church at this time to grow and press on for Jesus. So that might be going forward. The sound is coming through. <laughs> I can hear that there. That's great. Um, but we did this focusing on uh, habits of grace, spiritual disciplines, things that you do just regularly day in and day yep. out to grow stronger in your, your walk with God. So it was something to help the church grow spiritually stronger, to see no one left behind, yep. um, and also to, um, to be missionally adaptive, which is really what we get to in this final week especially. So well done if you made it across all five, or if this is your first one, thanks for tuning in. Is anyone tuning As in? As we here? said yeah. uh, in the first time we didn't hear us, Beck and uh, Jack... Always nope. first to yep. jump on. Number one fans. Thank great. you, Beck and Jack. And then we hear it's working. We've got people with Jace Games watching and uh, Tim. So great. It's working. We've got sound again. So we're all good to Beautiful. go. Beautiful. Just yep. to clarify, we aren't wearing the same shirts. Completely Mine's different. Navy. His is black. Yeah. Not even um, the same thing. So not really even in the same realm. So don't even think that's the same shirt. Yep. So and Gav's got black shoes on and mine are blue, navy blue. So that, again, completely different. <laughs> and his jeans are a light acid yeah. wash and mine are a darker acid. So that like we're not... It's not even the same. We do have a bit of a passes outfit, though, don't we? Yeah, it's well, a look, plain T-shirt. The best you know. would be, and this is what I was saying. To <laughs> to this is really just a segue into us riding a tandem bike together. <laughs> it's always back to tandem bike, isn't, isn't it? Isn't it just? Bec uh, you know what? The, uh, I was saying this to you yesterday, reflecting on it. I yeah. think the thing I was trying to work out why I found your your tandem racing bike so fascinating <laughs> was because yeah. it's a great and rare combination yeah. of high performance and novelty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like imagine getting like a, uh, like a, I don't know, custom made like aerodynamic thing for like a, a sack race. Yeah. Yeah. yeah or yeah, even yeah. spoon race. And when you ride it, are you just having a joke or are you being serious? No one no knows, No one knows right? what to do. And you can yep. roll with that yep. and you can play the card if you want to. Yeah. It's, it's parody really. Yeah. Yep. we have. So the bike is, uh, the bike is close to uh, up and running. I've got some new tape. The oh, it wasn't, it wasn't ready to go. Well, the handlebars was a little bit... bit the, the black um, the hand we hold was all, uh, rotting away, so it was all black and sticky. Yeah, so okay. I bought some new tape this week from a local store. Oh, very much overpriced, maybe yeah. very angry oh, when, when I bought it. Everything to do with bikes, hey? Oh, maybe so frustrated. Anyway, yeah. um, we have the tape. I've got to tape it up. Jacob tells me it's hard to help your bike, so I've got to watch a YouTube clip. Yeah. Once that's going, we can go for a ride together in our same uniform, in our same clothes, and just enjoy... Enjoy yeah. Roselle. To the glory of God. <laughs> to the glory <laughs> of God. Yeah. And will it be a joke? Will it be serious? No one knows. No one knows. Yeah. Can, that's the yeah. best part about God it. God knows. That's the yeah. Hey, how's, um, how's the last dance going? How much are you liking that? Oh, I'm loving it so much, as you can tell. It's leaking out in the sermons all the time, isn't it? It's, I'm sorry, everyone. German theologians, last dance. Whatever that's, I'm into at the it. time, you're, you're going to cop it. Yep. But... um. I could honestly, I could watch 60 episodes. I know there are new ones dropping today. Yeah. I'm really hoping they drop like 12. More, it's two yeah. every, it's two every, I think this will be the last one. Because it's, it's your childhood, right? That's what it it's is. me growing up. I've, yeah. I've, you know, I've got to do, I've got to dig out my cards. Yeah. But I just have pages and pages. I've still got a card of, I've, I've, got, a, I've, got, a, I've got a Chicago White Sox card of Jordan playing baseball. Oh, that's pretty rare. Yeah. Well, you'd think that. It's I checked it. It's worth like two cents. I had, I had a card that was worth a hundred bucks, a Jordan Living Legends yeah. Fleer. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, mate, that's going to have matured. Yep. Like 20 years later, it's yep. going to be worth, it's worth like 70 cents. <laughs> 
I think the only ones that lasted were like rookie cards and things like that. Anything in the 90s, I think it was so popular yeah. that it's like, it was like everyone's your, kept them. It was them. like your kid's inheritance. Like your, uh, I your know, ashes, I know. Yeah, yeah I know. Holding this card. Yeah. This is worth it. Yeah. Oh, and it, like there were a bunch of them. I've got Hakeem Olajuwon. And anyway. Oh, yeah. Sean Kemp. Everyone. Payton. I have four pages of, of Sean Kemp. Oh, man. He's my favorite player. Still got a Sonics jersey. Fleer Upper Deck. Was that what it was? Upper Deck was the premium. Fleer was like the Aldi of... Yeah, like okay. basketball and you cards. You bought the magazine, right? Yeah, look how how much they're worth. Beckett. Beckett. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Still them. Anyway, look. Yep. Look, I've we subjected on people on, to we? this enough, really, haven't <laughs> I? So let's um, let's get on with it. How's um, how what have you been reading this week? How's your time? Oh, uh, look, I, I've been, been um, I've been living in Psalm twenty three uh, for the last two weeks and just trying to think about each uh, each each almost each word, each phrase. So I've been trying to memorize it as well. Um, just, you know, I'll read, you know, verse 1, which says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. So I'm thinking about the Lord and who Yahweh is. And the name Yahweh means the whole idea of I am and I will be. And so thinking about who that is, then it's also then links to that he is my shepherd. He's personal. Mm. And what does a shepherd do? Well, he cares for, he provides, he protects. What a crazy thought that the, the God of the universe who created all things is my shepherd who personally cares for me. And therefore, at the end of sentence 1 says, I shall not be in want. If I believe these truths, he'll provide all my needs. So I've been sitting in that, and I've been getting back into um, Max Licato. He was mm-hmm. a guy I used to listen to on cassettes. Oh, wow. <laughs> I yeah. used to order them upwards, yeah. and they'd come to my house in a letterbox, and I'd be waiting for weeks to get them. Oh, my gosh. And I'd put yeah. them in my cassette and listen to Max Licato. And uh, I haven't listened to him for a while. Now. He's got his book, You Are Special, which I love, but he's now done, in, during this isolation time, uh, 10 or 12 videos on similar Psalm mm. 23. On VHS, yeah. Yeah, on so VHS, yeah. <laughs> so all you need to do is get a time machine. Yeah, so you call can go back to, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and then you can watch Max the Yeah, it's been great. Yeah. But on, YouTube, uh, on Facebook, and he just goes through the similar thing. It's been really mm. cool. I've, I've been really enjoying that. So, mm. uh, yeah. How about you? What's, what's God teaching you? Word? Yeah, well, I've been into So I'm now up to like, it's going through the minor prophets, but Micah and Nahum. But that was the same thing came up of God being a shepherd to is his that how people. You say Nahum? Uh, Nahum? Nahum? <laughs> I don't you know. Say it with confidence. You say it with it. confidence and it's right. It's yep. an ancient language. No one knows how exactly how it sounded, whatever, yep. you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, the, what was I saying? Yeah, it's the, the same shepherd. theme comes up, that, that comes up that he's a shepherd. And, um, and also the question comes up of, uh, he asks Israel, what, what have I done to you that you would treat me mm. like this? Yeah. I was like, it's, I don't know, it's, it's a rare kind of passage of scripture when God speaks in that tone, but of like, yeah. Um, b- basically running through the argument of like, d- what did I do that was so bad to you? I, I, I brought you from nothingness. I yeah. fed you. I dressed you. I, yeah. I led you by the hand. And then and you've abandoned me. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it was just like, it was, it was yeah, just a, a beautiful take on, um, yeah, on God's perspective on, on sin. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, and sin being an issue of not just breaking God's rules, but breaking God's heart. A relationship, right? Yeah. Just, yeah, wasn't really helpful. So, and I found it, um, yeah, pretty rich going through, yeah, the Minor Prophets and the Old Testament. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Hmm. K- um, someone's comment, Cam's just commented that he has a rookie card, Kobe rookie card worth eight to $900. Really? Yeah. Good effort, Cam. Anyway. Yeah. We can, uh, we can talk to Cam about that later on. Yeah, ensure uh, that. Fifth one today. We're in the fifth... Um, uh, um, Habit, habit. Uh, looking at growing in our in our faith, and the fifth habit is gospel fluency. Mm. Now, explain to us what gospel fluency is. 
Yeah, so this is a term from, I don't know if Jeff Vanderstelt was the first guy to say yep. it, but he's got a book called Gospel Fluency, yep. so it's fair enough to attribute it to him. But it's the, it's the habit, because we're thinking through these, like, is evangelism, like telling people the gospel, yep. a habit? I don't know, like, a habit's got to be something you do regularly. Yep. Gospel fluency is the habit of speaking gospel truth into everyday conversation. Mm. So oftentimes when we think about sharing the gospel, it's, you know, psyching yourself up to invite someone to something or to give them something or to have a big conversation about where you're at with God or I don't know, yeah. whatever it is. Or church tells you, go make this up. Yeah, yeah, go now's the, the time. Go yeah, yeah. Um, uh, whereas gospel fluency is the day-in, day-out habit of, one, applying the gospel to your own life and every area of yep. life. But also then with that, developing the reflex of being able to speak it into everyday conversation. Yep. And so as you're applying the gospel to your own heart, how you act in the workplace, with your family, around other people, how you interact with politics, world yep. issues, things like COVID, as you think about those things biblically and how the gospel transforms the way you approach those things, yep. you find a whole bunch of touch points with other people because everyone's wrestling with the same issues. But we're bringing the gospel to it and they're bringing their worldview to it. Yeah. And so it's developing that reflex of being able to speak the gospel in a conversation at, those, at yep. those moments. When someone's talking about their frustrations with work, you're able to speak about how Jesus transforms the way you do that. As people are talking about their frustrations with finances yep. or you know, with politicians or whatever, you're able to, to speak your perspective into it and how Jesus has changed you yeah. and, um, and, tra and transformed your life. Yeah. Why, uh, so why do we... Do you think we find it so hard to do this? What stops us from, from speaking the gospel into every sphere of life we meet people? The two things I reckon that make the, that have the biggest impact on it. So one one is the I remember hearing I think it was maybe even at college like um, a lecturer Sam Chan. Yeah. We we're just listening. We we're listening to his podcast with our um, uh, with the interns yeah. um, on uh, evangelizing a skeptical world. Yep. But I remember him saying you have to have a deep conversation before you have a gospel conversation. Yeah. So I think the first thing is ensuring that we don't have just surface level conversations with people. And he talks about the three levels of conversation yeah. that you have interests, then you have values, and then you have worldview. And gives the example of like he's saying, if you ask someone what you do on the weekend and they're like, I played basketball, that's an interest level conversation. Yeah. If you then ask them, um, why, do you, you know, why do you play basketball? And they're like, well, I think it's good for my health. Now you've sort of moved to values. Yep. And they say, well, why is health important? And then they might say, well, you know, you've only got one life and it's short, so you've got to live it to the most. Now you're suddenly in, in worldview yeah. territory. So this, yep. is, this is, you know, how conversations go. And I think oftentimes um, the general practice in a Western culture is to keep conversations at the interest level. Mm. And, um, and so uh, as Christians, we need to be good at, at having real conversations with people. Yeah. And sometimes we're practiced at it because that's what missional communities are often for. Yep. Um, but sometimes it's a struggle to do that with other people. And also sometimes, like, people just don't, don't want, they want to keep a conversation yeah. at interest level. Like, I was talking to a guy, I ran into an old neighbor at the park, and we were talking about, like, he was in between jobs when COVID hit, and so it's had a massive impact for them. And, um, and we're talking about football and all this kind of interest level stuff, and then he mentioned that. And then I was like, oh, is that, is that keeping you up at night? And he was like, no, not really. And it was just, it was a clear signal of like, we're going to keep this. I tried to take it to yep. values level and it was a clear signal that like, we're going to talk about yeah. Liverpool FC yeah. and we're going to stay at that level. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing is actually having deep conversations before having gospel conversations. Then I think the second one is developing the reflex of being able to speak the gospel into 
a significant yeah. issue or conversation. So when the comes up, ready yeah, to go, so right? when you're starting to talk deep about things, yeah. you're able to, s- to speak about how the gospel speaks into your life. Yeah. So that you get you drill into the conversation, they're talking about their anxiety about a relationship. <laughs> and at that moment, you, you're able to say, look, for me, I guess, like, I go up and down with it, but... Um, but I, like, I guess Jesus has, has given me the confidence that even if this doesn't work out, that I still have everything I need in him. Yeah. Or, you know, it's that sort of thing. Yeah. So those are, those are I think, the two things that stop yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about for you? Uh, at, at, a, at a heart level, what do yeah. you think stops us from, from speaking the gospel regularly in a conversation? Well, I think what you just picked up is then, that idea of, I love that line, if you cannot, you will not commend, we don't cherish. Mm. So I think that idea of... Um, we can often sit in church and hear, hey, go and make disciples or evangelism's coming or we're doing a mission month or whatever and think, okay, cool, I'm going to must up all my energy mm. and I've got to find some unbeliever somewhere and just go at it 100% mm. or just get them to church and my job's done. Mm. Whereas I love... Well, who's I, the low-hanging fruit? Who's the friend who always yeah, comes? Right. Or like, yeah, they'll yeah, always yeah, sit yeah, and yeah. give it a crack. And they always say yes yeah. to the invite and they come to church once and they yeah. say, cool, see you, in, see you next year when yeah, it's coming yeah, again, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, but I love that idea, you will not commit what you not cherish. And so I think the more that you... Um, see the beauty of the gospel, the freedom that is found in Christ, the freedom from sin, shame, freedom from death, freedom mm. from the fear of death, that it almost becomes, like you were saying, an overflow of the conversation. You cannot help but speak of it. Mm. So if I'm, if I'm feeling um, distant from God or whatever, it's, it's often harder to, mm. to share the gospel. So the more that I spend time with Him, understand what I have in Him, and I'm, I'm blessed in every realm that I have, all spiritual blessings, as Ephesians says, mm. that I will speak out of that, out of the overflow of that fullness, I want to share that with, with family, friends, people I see. But also, like you're also saying, was be able, be able, be, being able to see the world through a gospel lens. Mm. And so when, you, when you're listening well, that you will hear someone speak of something that you can speak to what you've already thought about from a gospel point of mm. view. Yeah. Um, so, because the gospel does impact every sphere of life, mm. like you were saying, from anxiety to jobs to, to children to friendship to whatever, mm. and I think applying that and saying, "Here's what I do. Here's how mm. I found it help for me," and sharing your stories. Mm. You know, I love, I love, you know, what what Shem Blackett does, right? Like mm. he's he's the, he's really great at this sort of stuff. Mm. Sharing his story mm. when someone shares their life, he'll share his story, his testimony. He's at so well and effectively as a missional tool so often. Mm. And I think he knows how to do that. I often encourage by what Shem does with mm. that. So, mm. yeah, that's what I see at mm. heart level. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, uh, practicals then on how we do it. How does that? How does that happen? And you go from like a, a like a, I think it is the case. So you can have a heart conviction that you are genuinely loving life with Jesus. Yeah. And yet it's still not translating into into really sharing the gospel with other people. Yeah. Yeah. Pragmatics on, think, on um, getting this we've done. We've listening to again. Good reminder. We had we had Sam Chen as a lecturer at, at college. We sat to a week mm. with him. He's great. But there's some really cool, um, I think, podcasts we've been listening to um, that are worth that are worth jumping on. Mm. Um, but he talks about that idea of, of firstly um, uh, seeing people as friends, not projects. Mm. I think that's a big thing for me, right? I, I feel pressure really easily and guilt really easily, and so uh, you often see someone think, well. It's my duty to share Jesus with them. I think my mm. first duty is to love them mm. and, to, and to understand them and listen to them as, a, as a someone made in the image of God. Mm. And they're not just a project that I need to get from A to B. Mm. They're actually someone that God calls me to love my neighbor mm. and to see them as a whole person. Yeah. And so um, I think it's an idea of, in, you know, in, in you've got to choose who you invest in because you can't invest in everyone. Mm. Um, but it's choosing to see who's God put in my path, 
Who's God opening doors for me to talk to and share my life with and share Christ with? Mm. And that starts with, I think, just building a friendship. Yeah. I love what Sam talks about, this idea of you know, having a coffee with someone. Uh, that's sort of the first step is and, and listening well to them and loving them. I think my wife's great at that. I think your wife's great at it too. Yeah. Making people feel loved and listened to and cared for so that they, they trust you and so that they will, will talk about their fears, their worries. And when they do start talking, you can listen in to where the gospel can speak into those. Mm. Um, but it's also a long-term game. I, mm. think, I think over the last, you know, seven years doing City Light, I think, I think we've both found... Mm. Sharing the gospel and seeing people come to know Christ just takes time. Mm. And it takes a little truckload of prayer mm. and just time to, to walk beside someone uh, to become friends, to build relationships with. Mm. So I think that's sort of, it's a long-term game and it's bit by bit by bit, breaking it down to small steps, friendship, coffees, and then mm. you know next step of maybe having them for dinner and hospitality and, mm. and, and getting them to open up and it takes a while. Mm. So yeah. Mm. How about for you? I think uh, the big one for me has always been like... Um, like on the on the issue of like how to have more significant conversations, I found a real practical one is listening to podcasts that engage with worldview. That's yeah. one thing that people do do. I know during COVID, people are listening less to podcasts. Yeah. Not this one, of course, but uh, yeah. podcasts generally <laughs> no way. have bowed out a bit because there's less drive time. But um, that has been the one. So I would listen to um, Sam Harris. He's an atheist podcast. Yep. So it's a really popular podcast. Always engaging with some kind of worldview issue. Yep. And it's a very... Normal uh, people want to. I think I think Australians are hungry to actually engage yep. with this stuff because they're very because we're a reasonably secular country. There are very few avenues to talk about yep. deep worldview formation yep. kind of stuff. But podcasts is one where that happens a lot, and middle-aged white guys love them. So there's like <laughs> there's lots of dads my age listening to that sort of thing. Oh, you just call yourself middle-aged, by the way. What? Well, I'm, I'm I'm rounding up, but like I'm pretty much there. <laughs> no, I, I in the ballpark. It's, so it's it's a little it's a little confronting to say, but yeah, hey, yeah you've said it, so now I feel it too, man. I feel yeah. it. We're yeah, middle-aged yeah, I'm a cliche. Middle-aged white guy Great. loves We're podcasts. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, the but they they engage with like worldview right off the bat. Yeah, and so um, it's something where. You're starting the conversation talking about something in the third person. But what you're really talking about is your own personal beliefs, yeah. values. And then that, that segues into, I know, Bull's documentary, always whatever. But my friend and I have been having a debate about whether you need to be a, a jerk yep. to be highly, highly successful at something. On the back of Michael And Jordan we're debating this back that. and forth, right? right? Yep. And But we're not really debating about Jordan. We're debating about what do we think yes. um, is a life worth living. Yeah. What w- like what is success? Is it worth it? What does it cost to get it? Yeah, and so that's why it's a lively kind of discussion because like if you're talking about something mm. that's actually significant and interesting. Yeah. Um. So part of it's that like yeah, podcasts, those kind of cultural segues. The other one is like reading books that um, that address how the gospel transforms, um, like parts of your life. Yep. So at the moment, I'm reading a book on anger called Good and Angry. Yep. And again, of course, Secular that's leaking book? into the Christian book. Christian book. Sorry. Yep. Um, by so CCF is like Christian yep. counseling. They're great at seeing how the gospel applies to yep. I don't know, how it melds with with psychology. Yep. But one of the reasons that's helpful is as I deal with my anger, like that's something that everyone deals with. So one of the obvious things was in the book he says, why do people love getting angry? Why do you get into your mind into this mindset where there's a courtroom in your head and you're the judge? You're also the offended defendant. Yeah, you're the also offended. the accuser. You're also yeah. the prosecuting lawyer. Like where this, you, you come up with these scenarios where someone is so, so wrong and you just go over in your head a, a list of all the ways that they're wrong. It says, why do we love getting angry like that? 
um, even if we're never going to speak to the person yeah. about it, is because we it makes us feel right yeah. and good, even yeah. just for a short amount of time. And our culture is really angry about stuff. Yeah. And I think it's because there's a longing in there to feel pure and innocent and good. Yeah. But it's it's short-lasting. You get mad about something and you feel righteous for a second, but then you go back to your life and you realize you're a deeply for, flawed human being. Yeah. All that to say, that's an interesting point to share with someone as they talk about... Um, yeah. Uh, anger yeah. and to say to someone yeah I've, I mean reading something on it I've, you know m- my thought is that maybe we get angry because it, it makes us want to feel good like what do you think yeah. about that and then there's a straight segue to the gospel that there is a way to be clean and pure and righteous in a true objective sense because Christ has died for yeah. me yeah. and if God is for you who can be against you no one can stand to accuse you yeah um and it's not it's not um, just something that you have to keep doing, like being angry at people and then going back to yeah. realizing that you're a flawed human. It's, a, it's an objective yeah. washing clean. Yeah. Anyway, so those two things, podcasts and reading um, books on, really on how the gospel affects really practical issues have been the yeah. easiest kind of help, yeah. I think, in just being fluent in the gospel and being able to share it. And, every and day. we just found out, yes, we're, we're reading the same book at the moment called Confronting Christianity. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, Rebecca McLaughlin. Yeah, which is helpful to think about because I know for me, it's often... F- fears of if I start a conversation they're going to ask me about hell they're going to ask me about sexuality yeah. I have no answer for that that's going to freak me out mm. but reading books on these topics there's some brilliant thinkers and writers in this stuff like yeah. Rebecca McLaughlin we're in at the moment and she's a sharp thinker yeah. and I think like right early in the book if you haven't read it yet she has some cultural credibility in terms of she's an academic yeah. but also experienced same sex attraction yeah. um, but as you know a follower of Jesus and um and speaks about that pretty right. candidly and in the book and things. Late last year, or so it's very yeah, yeah, right yeah. Now, yeah. Right? She, uh, she's written a post Me Too movement as well. Yeah, able to speak really helpfully into all the cultural movements that are going on. You know, so just very yeah, really good stuff. I'm going to throw a question at you. We haven't even talked about, and I've written down. But mm. I know for me, and I probably people out there, we we sit in church and we hear, "Go make disciples." We feel like we can't. We feel guilty. What's the first step? What do we do? Like, you know, we've never shared our faith before. Mm. Sharing our faith freaks me out. What do I do when I hear that and I'm sitting in church and we're church with the out, making disciples on that mission? I feel it. Mm. Like, you know, if I'm not doing it, then why should, why, how can I ask anyone else to do it? Mm. But we can feel this guilt, right? Mm. What, what, what would you say to that? I don't know. Look, I don't know if it's my personality, but I just feel like the, one of the things you can do is like, you know, what, there's, there's a movie, um, uh, Three Kings, where he says, um, you do the thing you fear the most and you get the courage after. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think it's often like that. Yep. And look, it's, I would say it's extremely rare that anyone's just had a crack yep. and it's gone really, really badly. Yep. Uh, it's an extremely rare circumstance. So I would say, like, think of something you want to say, uh, whether it's a, even just a, a, a podcast you want to share or yep. if, whether it's a, a thought or reflection on the gospel, or yep. if it's a question, you know, here's, here's the easiest question to ask someone yep. and that people have actually had to go at. Yep. A really open question for a secular society. Do you have a faith? Oh, yep. sorry. Yeah, do you have a faith? You have a faith, yeah. Yep. Um, and, um, and just give that a punt and, and, you know, pray into it and then just see what happens. Yeah. But I think that's the main thing. Is I think we are, because there's a culture war going on, we expect that that's going to characterize our actual interactions yeah, with people. Right? It's been very rare in my experience. We think that every person we're going to ask is going to yeah. come at us and yell at us and go cause a bigot and whatever. And, yeah. go. and even if you think it's like, it, it, you know, I'm sure it does happen, but it, even if it's someone who you think is extremely antagonistic towards Christianity, yeah. people 
when you're face to face, it's different. Yeah. And it's not like interacting on Facebook. It's not like going on a tirade on Facebook about yeah. Christians and blah blah blah. The same. Pe- like yeah. I've got friends who who do that on Facebook, but when we talk face to face, it's different. Yeah. And it's almost like they've even said to me like that they don't really. Um, Christians is different to a Christian in front of you. Yes. Like because it's a person. Is a faceless. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like a faceless totally. organization. Yeah. But um, but you're a real person, and yeah. hopefully, presumably, a real friend. Yeah. And so when you're asking, it's coming from a, a sincere desire to yeah. love. And the reason that you're asking is because you love them and their soul. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're not doing this because you're trying to check a box or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But yeah, often it's just overcoming fear. And the only known cure for fear is exposure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was hoping you're going to ask me a question back, but I'll answer it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think for me it's praying. I think the big mm. thing is praying. Like saying to God, God, give me give me a heart for it. Help me to see your glory and that you deserve mm. your wish for all people. That this is that Jesus is the only way to know you and the only way to escape um, hell and to escape death. Mm. Give me a heart for that and give me opportunity. Mm. I know one story of a girl here from City Light who was going to university and she would pray as she walked into tutorials, I think on, on, on I'm not sure what her, what her subject was, that she, God would give her, her, her the courage and the opportunity to speak Christ. Mm. And she'd pray each day, even though she was freaking out, but the idea that God, you are, you are the one who is in control of all things. Lord, give me a heart to share uh, with this person or, or point mm. at who it is and then give me opportunity and then you by your spirit give me the words to say. Mm. I think that's a powerful prayer to start praying for your own soul rather than giving to the fear. Mm. I think and letting God to work in or, in or, yeah, inside you on your heart and then giving the courage to speak in the opportunities too. Mm. So yeah, that's, that's my cool. personality too. There um, it is, gospel fluency. Yeah. Did you want to set a challenge? Yeah, well, I just, th- you know what, maybe just that one. Yeah. Didn't expect it to come up. Maybe that's the spirit prompting us. Yeah. Ask someone that question this week. Do you have a faith? Yeah. And then just see what happens. Because yeah. the, ne- the follow-up question to that is, why is that? Yeah. It, do you have a faith is like, usually people speak into it. I do. Uh, very very rarely does someone just go, <laughs> no, or yes. Um, but no. then to say, why is that? Um, Don't ask me again. Was, no. Were you brought up with the faith? You know, that sort yeah. of thing. Um, and then just to share how it goes, because I feel like th- that's the other thing that helps is like when other punters are just having a punt, yeah. Yeah. it just encourages you to as well. So anyway, I'd say give that a crack and then um, let us know how it goes. Someone's just asked, can we write Can we men- Can we we write a list of all the books we've mentioned today? We've mentioned a lot of books today, haven't we? Yeah, yeah okay, yeah, we'll check we'll them up We'll check there. out the, the yeah. list of books that we've mentioned today for you. Yeah, um, the bibliography is coming. <laughs> and chuckins and Bonhoeffer as well, and also <laughs> a link to Last Dance. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Covered a lot of ground <laughs> in did. 20 short minutes. All right. <laughs> did. That's great. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening in. And I won't say we'll be here next week because that's it, part five of five. But stay tuned for whatever we'll be doing next. <laughs> it will be fun. It will be fun. All right. Great. Catch you around. See ya.